Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Hi there. It's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. Well, she's got a lot of things on her mind to talk about No Fun, the Jen Kirkman Podcast, Season 10, Episode 8. Thank you for listening. You can get the ad-free and full version of this podcast by going over to Patreon. You can click the link in the show notes and take your ass there. Now, this episode comes out on Thursday, April 21st, which you know because you're listening to it. But I am recording this about 10 days early because I will not have time to record it closer to the date. So if the world has ended and you're like, I'm the only one left and I'm in a pile of rubble and my iPhone or whatever I listen to my podcast on is still working and here's Jen podcasting and oh my God, she's doing this on Sunday, April 10th and she has no idea that the world ended the next day. This is so surreal. No, actually, that person wouldn't know when I'm recording. They would be like, why is Jen not talking about the fact that the world ended? This analogy is going nowhere. Listen, should I start over? No, I'm not. This is what the podcast is. It's me, Jen Kirkman. I'm a comedian, former comedian, former touring stand-up comedian. TV writer, author, podcaster. But this is where I come not to tell worked out jokes, but where I just come to be me and talk about what's going on in the world, in my life, and in my head. So the reason that I'm 
going to be tied up in the coming days as, as always my job that I have, but I'm going to visit my family over Easter weekend. Now we are not religious Catholics. I wouldn't even call myself a Catholic, but my family is, my parents. I don't think they've gone to church at all in decades, I guess. And the, um, oh, I have a funny story. My mother will kill me if I tell it. So I'm going to save it for the paid version, but she's got some neighbor. Um, what's on a neighbor? It's a guy like in the neighborhood of, of the church that my family lives near, who is uh, a family friend, I should say. And he's trying to get her to go back to church and, um, bit of a harasser there, not, not like sexual harassment, but just, um, go back to church harassment. My mother's 84 years old. This guy's trying to tell her that, um, oh, it's a funny story. I, I, she's going to kill me. I said this much. Jennifer, why you don't say things I say, but I'm going uh, to my, visit my family and my sisters next weekend or whatever. By the time you hear this, it's all, time is relative, isn't it? Time doesn't exist, but Easter weekend, which is also pretty close to my mom's birthday. So, and you know, we're trying not to like go to restaurants and get COVID and none of us agree on any food we want to eat. So I said, Why I'll just cook. My sister's going to make an Easter brunch. I said, I'll just make dinner the night before the little birthday dinner. I'll do some kind of very simple pasta thing, but we'll have a ton of different things off to the side that you can mix into your pasta. So you can have your own kind of dressing, you can have your own kind of vegetables, you can have your own kind of sauce, whatever fits your needs. And, you know, my mother does not like to not cook or do the, the things. And she can, but my sister and I just like to let her sit down. She's 84 years old, but she sent me an email Jen, I hope you do. The reason I'm reading this is because my mother is a master at just changing the subject wildly in an email, which I, there's just something about it that I think is the funniest thing in the world. Hi, Jen. I hope you're doing well. I have a question about May 7th and May 14th. Will you be coming for, you know, blah, 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 blah. I have to book the golf course at Foxwoods and we need to know blah, blah, blah saw that Dave Grohl won quite a few Grammys and that his drama died. That's too bad. Do you think it was drug-related? I bought a very good jar of spaghetti sauce for your Italian dinner next week. <laughs> I mean, just thoughts. Oh, I don't know. That just makes me laugh. So anyway, I'm recording this in advance, so I'm not going to be up to date on the latest. I'm just sitting here not being able to get enough about the any article I'm reading about how Trump was eating his classified documents and flushing them down the toilets at Mar-a-Lago and the plumbers there were having trouble with the amount of paper clogging up the pipes. And now, do you all remember a year or two ago, must have been two years ago, where he would make speeches and then just start randomly babbling about water pressure in toilets. Do you remember this? And the toilets, the water pressure is terrible. You know, he wanted to, I mean, he was trying to flush it. That's what, he's always telling on himself. 
part of me knew it wasn't totally random. And I thought, is he for the first time in his life living? Like, is it about the White House and how their toilets just don't have the same water pressure as, say, his toilet in Trump Tower? Is he finally living places that don't have the same up-to-date plumbing? I don't know. I, I knew something was going on. And now we know that's why in the middle of whatever speech he was giving at whatever rally, he was telling on himself that he was having trouble keeping the papers down in the toilet that he was flushing at Mar-a-Lago. So again, I'm sure a lot of news will be made between now and then, between now and when this comes out. But just so you know, that's what's running on a loop in my mind as I record this podcast, which is, I just, I need every detail. I just need it. I want to know how much paper he ate. I mean, we're talking 100 pieces. How much? How often would he eat it? Would he sit down and put a napkin under his neck and put some sauce on it? Perhaps a, a nice jar of pasta sauce like my mom got. I mean, couldn't you put the paper in a fireplace? That's what I don't understand. Or you, could you boil it in water? Make a soup? I'm... There's got to be better ways than eating it. I mean, did he just do that once as a joke? I'm really, I'm really not understanding why eating the paper is the move. I mean, if, if someone was running after you, saying, give me that piece of paper, the only thing you could do is eat it. But no one was coming after him. I, I'm, I fail to understand why you don't just bring the papers to the ocean and dump them. I'm not advocating for putting trash in the ocean. I'm trying to think like him. You know, you dump it in the, you go out a little on your boat and you dump some papers in the ocean and then they'll just disintegrate in the salt water now. Or shred them and then put the shreddings in the ocean. Again, fireplaces, fire pit. Fire, everyone loves a fire pit outside Mar-a-Lago. Come on. You know, we're going to sit around the fire pit and we're going to have drinks and we're going to burn classified documents. It's a fun time. $10,000, $10,000 a ticket. I truly don't understand the toilet part. Because then you, <laughs> I, I can't. I, I was just going to say that you, if you do get all of your papers clogged up in the toilet, that report is going to come out. But if you burn them, the report will come out that these papers are missing, but you can't prove that they were tampered with in the sense that somebody was burning them. I guess you can prove they were taken out of DC, but I don't know. Look, I'm just saying, I think I would be better at being a corrupt president than he was because I'm just thinking fire. Fire is the way to go. Fire, not flushing. But anyway, that's what's, that's what's on my mind right now. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best 
to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. So on this episode, what will I be talking about? I will be telling you my Victoria Beckham story about the time, God, it's got to be almost 20 years now that I auditioned to play an assistant of hers on a fake hybrid reality show she was doing. And the audition involved sitting and having lunch with her in her home with her kind of wacky older man gay assistant who was her real assistant slash producer. And I, I, it was, it was pretty weird. She didn't really understand what was going on. So I don't know. I was thinking of that because I saw in the news that her kid Brooklyn is getting married. And then there's been all these, oh, 20 years ago, look at Victoria Beckham's wedding dress and whatever, all this stuff. So I thought, oh my God, I don't think I've ever told this story. (laughs) So I'll be telling that ridiculous story. I will be talking about an article that there is a science behind why we just find certain people so annoying. And I'll be telling a story about someone in my life that's not really in my life, but they're like off to the side that I find so annoying that nobody else does. And we'll talk about that. There's uh, some people in Congress are trying to pass a bill that unruly passengers would get put on like the federal no-fly list, not just the no-fly list for the particular airline. And if we have time, I'll be talking about a new planet that was detected that can maybe house life. If I don't get to it, then that will be something for another week. But yeah, so today, okay, so this isn't an example of the annoying person in my life, but I take Pilates at this studio here in Brooklyn that I just, I absolutely love. And there's a guy I go to two nights a week, but I like to do it more than two times a week. So I've got my second and third favorite teachers, but then there's like the fourth and fifth favorite that I'll go to if I just absolutely have to. And I haven't made any of the other classes that week, but this one woman, and I, I mean, I can't describe the feelings I get when, when she does what I'm about to describe that she does. She sings what she's telling us. And I, my thoughts are just, they're all getting jumbled around like things in a dryer, but I'll start with this. 
my other podcast that I do called Anxiety Bites, I host a weekly podcast where I interview experts about anxiety and how to identify it, what we can do about it, blah, blah, blah. So I do this episode on misophonia, which is, you know, you have problems with sounds, noises that other people are making. It can cause intense disturbance and anxiety in the person suffering from misophonia. And I don't have that, but we all know what it feels like to hear sounds that gross us out or annoy us, people chewing their popcorn too loudly in the theater, blah, blah, blah. But I'm what I learned is that it's not just, oh, this one-time thing, but if you're listening to someone, you could be listening to me. If I have a certain verbal tick or a way of doing things, it's going to provoke such intense anxiety in the person listening but it's usually a repetitive situation. So it's not just someone clearing their throat once, it's someone doing it 50 times in an hour on their podcast or something like that. So this woman that I take class with, if she did it once, I would probably just think, oh, that's kind of annoying, but she does it all of the time. Now, I don't think what I'm suffering is misophonia, but it's it's within the realm of, oh, this is actually, it's not just a thought I'm having, it's physically bothering me to where my body tenses up. I don't get anxious, but I get angry. I, I actually get, I actually feel anger. And then I have to kind of shut down and go to this zoned out place in order to handle it. And, and it's not a fun zone out, like a meditation or something like that. It's like a shutdown completely. And so, and she doesn't do it every time, but I, you know, she, she's got to talk for an hour while she leads us through moves. And I totally sympathize with that. You're just make noises sometimes and you try to entertain yourself. And it's not bad. Her, all of her intentions are lovely, but she's walking up and down and saying, okay, we're going to put our leg through the loop. And then she'll kind of wait for us to do it and go, that's right. And I, I can't take it. I can't take it. And she'll do it about every 90 seconds. Okay, and so remember, we talked about the fact that we're going to feel our ribs expanding, yes, and she's not a singer. I'm not saying that as an insulting way. I don't get the sense that she's actually a singer. It's just this weird thing. It's, I, ah, uh, and so I just came from that class right before I recorded this, and I swear to you, I feel so physically tense and it, I, I don't, I feel like I should have done some kind of calming down after I got home before I recorded the podcast. I mean, it's been about a half an hour. I've been home for about a half an hour, but I think I should have done something actually specifically to release the tension in my body. And I, I don't think I can go back. Today was, today was, was, uh, I couldn't, I can't, I can't go back. Today was the absolute, the absolute worst of that. And then there's another woman. So I won't go to this other woman's class anymore. <laughs> she just, same thing, perfectly lovely, gives us the moves we need to do. But every few words, she pronounces things really strange. And I don't know if it's pretension or just the way she says those words. Now, don't email me. I don't want to hear, oh, I know someone like this and they're from South America. This is not, she, no, just some chick from Brooklyn 
but she's got this weird, like pretentious and, you know, like that kind of actory thing. She just, and she'll just do that. Okay. So we're going to put our foot and we're going to, and, and I'm like, what, what happened? Did you just become another person on the word and, and it, it doesn't stop. And every time it happens, ugh, I almost, I, I, luckily we have masks on and nothing is more annoying to me than working out with a mask on. But where I love it is I get to talk into my room. Now I know you're thinking, Jen, um, your paper medical mask is not preventing people from hearing you say, shut the fuck up under your breath. But I swear it is in the sense that you can't see the tension in my jaw and you can't see my lips pursed. And so it sounds like I'm breathing. So I'm going, shut the fuck up. Very quietly to myself. But that is not a normal way to behave during a class. So I can't go to her either. The annoyance is off the charts. And I and it is so, it's something. It's not official misophonia, misophonia. But it is just, it is honestly this vibe. It's this chemical vibe of why is this bothering me so much? Why am I just getting the icks from this entire situation? And so it reminded me of this article I was reading where there are reasons that we can find people so inexplicably annoying according to science. And so if you join me on the Patreon, I'll be reading that article and talking about someone I find annoying. I will be talking a little bit of shit about a famous movie director who kind of had an overreaction to Will Smith slapping Chris Rock. And I will tell a personal story I had with said person. And uh, we'll talk about Victoria Beckham and the no-fly zone. Oh, can I just say, I am so glad I'm not touring. I know everybody's, oh my God, I can't believe you quit comedy. I hope that you change your mind. Why are you hoping that for me? I've never been happier and I quit two years ago. I mean, I've been quit. I just didn't announce it because I didn't want to hear the annoying things of you'll change your mind and blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, no, I literally hate the art form of stand-up. I resent having to like make people laugh every 30 seconds or they're going to not pay attention. I resent performing for drunk people. I resent the comedy club environment. I don't want to work in clubs. I don't have a big enough audience to fill my own theaters. So I have to do clubs. I don't want to get on planes with these maniacs. I don't like touring during an election year, which let's be honest, every year seems to be some kind of election year in America. If, if it's not a literal election, it is the ramp up in the media of uh, candidates campaigning and people are just, I'm not in the mood to stand in front of my fellow Americans right now. And I haven't been for years, but also it's just the art form. I'm not, my, my mind just went, I'm done. I'm done, Jen. I'm done thinking of jokes. If the way you want to express yourself is through words, I'm just done doing it in jokes. Can we tell stories? Can, you know, so I will be doing some shows in Brooklyn. And again, I've always said I was going to do this. I'm just not touring anymore or doing stand up, but I have a one woman show that I have been working on and have actually did on the road a little bit. It, I didn't like the way it went because it's it's not something you can tour with. I I need to do audio visual and all kinds of stuff, but it's about anxiety and nuclear war and it's about growing up in the 80s under the threat of nuclear war and you know, the turn of the century and it's called I'm going to panic like it's 1999, get it? And but I'm doing it more um as I work out what the show is, and I don't know until I get up, get it up on its feet, um, I will be reading 
essays, you know, reading like funny short stories or not, they're not even funny, but they're, they're in between. They're serious and I'm sure they'll have some laughs, but the intent is to be entertaining, not necessarily haha funny. And so I'll be reading these short stories I wrote that are all in those themes that are about times in my life when I had my first panic attacks growing up, my fear of flying, my trying to move out of my parents' home to work on the set of Family Ties when I was eight years old. I mean, crazy fun stories. And right now they're going to start off as reading essays. Um, then we'll become more monologue. Then we'll add audio visual. But it's something I'll be workshopping all through the summer at Union Hall in Brooklyn. And then eventually I will take it to Joe's Pub when we get it to be somewhere where it's more audiovisual and just has, you know, more bang- bells, shebangs, and whistles. I don't even know what you're saying. But this will only be in New York. I do not want to perform anywhere else but New York City and Brooklyn. Um, and it's I'm just doing what I came to New York to do when I was in my early 20s, which is do a one-person show. And talk about anxiety and nuclear war. Like I literally wanted to do that the minute I started comedy. And then I got swept up in doing comedy in the way that I was told I was supposed to. And got into the whole like male culture of comedy. I just, I'm done. And I barely want to get on stage right now to do these shows. But it's time to start putting it on its feet. Because I I feel like within a year, I'd love it to be at Joe's Pub where I want to do it. But that means I have to start now. So it's like, ugh. So you'll probably see soon on... um, well, you won't see anything because nobody looks anywhere, but I will probably be saying soon, it's on my website, it's on my email list, what, you know, you can come to some of those shows and watch me work this out. And if you join my newsletter, I will put the link in the show notes. You can get an alert when those tickets go on sale for the summer work it out shows. Um, and now I'm going on over to Patreon. I will see you there for the rest of this episode. Again, it's ad-free and it is the only way to support me uh, besides buying my album, seeing as now I don't tour, but the Patreon is how I make a living other than my writing job, whereas the touring used to be um, how I supplemented my income on the weeks that I wasn't writing on shows. So come on over to Patreon. It's $3 a month. I mean, that's a steal. All right, I'll see you over there. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.